Amen. Let's stand together this morning and worship the Lord. Those joining online, welcome to church this morning. We're so glad you joined us. This is an old hymn of the church uh, that simply just says we'll understand it better by and by. So let's worship the Lord. We're singing by and by.
If you have your Bible and would like to, you can turn to Matthew, the seventh chapter, beginning with verse seven and eight. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It instructs us and tells us how that we can get the things that we need from God. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you provided for us. Your word that we can go by and depend on and trust in. But we thank you, Lord, that we have an avenue that we can go straight to the throne of God. And God can hear and answer our prayers and meet needs and work miracles in our lives. And, Lord, you tell us that we have to ask. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, Lord, we don't ask you like we need to. And, God, we don't seek you like we ought to. And we don't continue to knock so that you would hear and open the heavenly world and you would open up the portals and pour out your Spirit and we would see the divine miracle working power of God. We're looking for you to work here today in this service through the song, through the prayer, through the preaching of the Word of God and God that the Holy Ghost of God would come down and minister to every heart and every soul and everyone would lift up their bucket unto the Lord and ask God to fill it with the divine presence and power of the Spirit of God and open our heart so that we would bow before the cross of Calvary and seek the living God oh that he would heal our land touch our churches revive our soul increase our faith so that we might please the living God of glory come here today save the Lord Seek those, Lord, that are out of the way. Lift up the down care. Take care of the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. And we'll praise you. Bless the preaching of thy word. Oh, that it would penetrate the heart and the soul. And we would seek the face of the living God till he comes and pours out his blessings on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, are you thankful today for the Spirit of the Lord? Well, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you today. Oh, yes, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you today. Hallelujah.
worship you today. Father, we thank you, Hosanna. Oh, yes. Blessed be the rock. Oh, yes, Lord. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, sing Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Father, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we welcome you in this place. We already feel your presence. Oh, thank you, Lord, for being with us today. We worship you. Oh, 
want you to look back at what the chorus of this song says. Now, I know, I like I told you last week and, and uh, finished part of this week, from last Thursday to this past Tuesday, in that stretch of time, I was involved in four funerals and home-going services and viewings, right back to back. Three of the four were COVID-related, right back to back. I heard stories this morning of folks that have passed away at other churches even today that have likewise, that have passed away, just like that. But you also heard this morning testimony of just yesterday afternoon, I got a call that my uncle was in the hospital. And he was really sick, been sick for days, and it wasn't, he didn't look like he was doing too good. And uh, the former shepherd of this house, my uh, uncle, his brother, called me and said, hey, listen, uh, I don't care if... I don't know about privacy or not, but we need people to pray. I'm finding anybody I can. And so I sent a mass message out, please be praying. In a 24-hour period of time, now we're getting told, and this morning at church, that what looked like maybe not be good may actually go home today. That's a pretty good answer to prayer, I think. Now, the Triggers family are not here today. They were battling COVID. But a couple weeks ago, before all these funerals happened, Miss Beulah got sick. Tested positive, started having like bronchitis type issues, wasn't sure, and then all of a sudden, boom, COVID. Having difficulty with some of the breathing and things like that, it was challenging. I could be doing a funeral service for her today, but I want you to look at what this what this chorus said. Lord, you found me, but you healed me. <laughs> but look at the next line of the song. Even if it was close to death, you called me from the grave. You didn't Man. let me get that far. You called me back. I, I want to tell you, I, well, listen, I want to tell you. So this morning, all of a sudden before, right before band practice started, all of a sudden she walks in the door today. Amen. <laughs> My future father-in-law was not looking good, was on 15 liters of oxygen on an oxymizer and one step away from a BiPAP and possibly a ventilator. For this past weekend, from Friday until yesterday, I've been over at their house He's on two liters of oxygen. They're thinking about dropping him down to one and a half liters of oxygen and said probably within a month he may not even need oxygen at all. And he just was almost at a BiPAP machine just a couple weeks ago. Now, I understand that story doesn't happen for everybody, but I'm telling you that if we're in God's house today and you're here today and you're able to be here, God not only found you and saved you, but some of us, God's healed us and saved us and spared us and he's called some of us from the brink of death so we have the reason to give God praise today and say things like every morning mercy will restore me Mercy did for me. That's what your mercy did for me. Oh, that's what mercy did for me. That's what your 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 mercy did for me. That
we worship you today. Because you can do anything. Anything. Father, thank you for the presence of God we feel in this place today. Thank you for the words that have been sung and have been proclaimed and declared in the house of your people today. God, as we segue to the next portion of our programming and services today, may you be with us and you guide and protect us. We will forever give you the praise, the glory, and honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, we pray. All God's people together said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for a moment. I'm going to ask, we got a special treat for you today. Brother Dale, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to make your way this morning. And, uh, and we're going to uh, have a special guest today. Brother Dale has known my family a long time. He's been at the Oakley Road Church. He's been in the Somerville Church of God. Uh, his wife, Miss Tracy, uh, used to years ago play music with my father at the Somerville Church of God when I was a baby, a little boy. And you go ahead and come uh, and, uh, this morning. Uh, but uh, last time he visited a couple of weeks with us here, and uh, he is a very gifted and wonderful singer. And uh, so uh, I asked him the next time he come, I said, look, I don't care when it is, but when you show up, you're on the docket. And well, he showed up, so he's on the docket. I gave him warning. I told him. It wasn't like I didn't tell him, but he's a fantastic bass singer. And so this time, while he's making his way, children, we're going to let you go this morning this morning and go out to Children's Church for now and make your way to all the children. Just go out this door right here. Miss Jeannie's going to be with you today. Also, teenagers, if you have not already turned in your permission slips, you need to turn your permission slips in to be able to go to the youth outing in a couple weeks because uh, we can't allow uh, you to leave property without us knowing your parents know you left the property. So please turn those in. So can we give a big Santee Circle welcome and uh, to Brother Dale as he comes this morning and ministers in song. God bless you today. Well, thank you, Pastor. It is good to be here with you this morning to worship and praise our Lord and Savior. I don't know how you could say I'm gifted, but I thank God that I'm able to, to sing for his glory. If you could pray for me because, you know, I'm a little nervous because this is the first time I've sang here. <laughs> but... uh I appreciate being here with you all this morning. You pray for me as I do my best for his glory. I serve a Savior. Is grace and love. 
Bible says the one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor me. I serve the Savior. It's what I was made for. His grace and love. you thank you so much it's people like mr. Dale that make me jealous because every time we have rehearsals at church for all of these things and if you have your Bibles you can go with me to Psalms chapter 3 but every time we have band practice I always wanted to sing bass I don't know why but I always wish God would have gave me like a Morgan Freeman or James Earl Jones voice I've always wanted to be able to just stand up there and just like talk really low and but when I talk really low, it either A, goes out, or it just sounds pathetic. It just doesn't come out. I've tried. I've tried to sing the low note. Brother Randy can sing it up there with the sopranos. He'll take his belt and stretch it, and he'll be, oh, and practice. And I'll be like, how do you do that? And then the next song, he'll be like, Daddy sing bass. And I'm like, how did you do that? I'm over there like, I can only sing four notes. And if we don't put it in that key, I'm not singing with y'all. So that's all y'all got today. And uh, But uh, people with talent like that, I am immensely... Uh, jealous of in a good way I don't covet their talent because I want to go to heaven but if God wanted to take it from them and give it to me I wouldn't care but uh, I'm not I'm not coveting I'm just expressing my desires Psalms 37 says if I delight myself in the Lord he give me the desires of my heart I don't want him to take it but if he wanted to give it to me I'd take it in a heartbeat so but thank you for rendering that selection I want to read this card to you it says give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and a special thanks to you I want to thank God for my church family and for all your prayers calls and cards during my time of illness and also the text, may God continue to bless you. Love, Sister Beulah Powell. And that will be on the back back there after service. But we are glad she's feeling much, much better. A uh, lot of people to pray for. Sister Laura Mae Skipper still sick. Brother Andrew was having COVID. I had him on my list, but he surprised me and showed up to church. He came out of quarantine, so God's good. Brought him out of COVID too. So we're glad he's here today. Um, pray for all the people battling lost loved ones. Um, I know we have quite a laundry list of people that have, we have been funeralizing and been a part of. Uh, Brother Stan Frierson lost someone in his family just this past week, and they had that, that homegoing service Thursday, I believe, if my memory serves me correct, and uh, they had that service, and so pray for his family likewise as well. Uh, continue to pray for Brother and Sister Imrine uh, and all those battling COVID. Uh, they don't have it, but, but them, along with other people battling COVID, 
uh, the Craven family, and all that stuff as well. Those watching online, let me quickly tell you, download our church app, search Santee Circle Church of God. For more information about our church, go to our website, SanteeCircleCOG.org. has all our services, all our information, all the events coming up, all that kind of stuff. Tithes and offerings, uh, as always, you can put them in the boxes to my right, to my left, out the back door uh, if you want to give uh, to the glory and the honor of God's kingdom and his work. Uh, also, there are multiple ways to give. We tell you so often, you can put it in-house. You can do it on the Tide.ly app. Online at SanteeCircleCOG.org backslash give, or you can mail it to us. You can also subscribe to our podcast, all of our Google and Apple podcasts and all that stuff. But here's my most exciting thing to tell you today. We got people that are interested in the next couple weeks of being baptized to commit their faith back to Jesus Christ. So on October the 3rd, that is the first Sunday. That's always Family Sunday. We're always in church together on October the third, uh, I think it's on a timer there. I didn't mean to take it off. October the third, we will have baptism right after church on our property. I have got a baptistry that will be here. It will be something like you've never seen before. So you're going to want to come. And anybody that has any horses that you want to feed later, you can use it because it's a trough. But I just want you to know God's got it. We provided. He provided. And we've already got the monies to pay for it. We didn't even lose anything out of it. So we paid for it. So we already paid the baptistry off. And so God is good. Also, uh, don't forget, on that same October 3rd uh, will be our men and women fellowship night uh, that we meet on Sunday night in the back just for a time of Bible study and things like that. Also, on October 3rd, I'm really excited to announce this. Uh, you can't see it yet because I'm waiting till October 3rd. But on October 3rd, we will have a special dedication service to our children's ministry building as well. So we'll have baptism actually in the children's ministry building. So we will baptize in the children's ministry building as well as have a dedication right after service, about a 10-minute service. I'll let you out plenty of time early enough to do it. But I want us as a corporate body to go back there and pray for our children and that that building be dedicated for the youth, that many sons and daughters of, our, of ours Many sons and daughters of your children and even your grandchildren, that they will come to know the love and the love and, and the and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the ministry that will happen in that building. It is no longer. I don't take this for granted. I appreciate all the storage that it's been for years gone by, but this time we're going to dedicate it to that house of the Lord. It used to serve as a lawnmower housing. It used to serve as an ice machine housing. It used to serve as a storage unit. But on October 3rd, it's now going to be a children's facility for God to use that as a building to minister to our kids. That's what it's going to be used for from that point forward. So I'm excited about it. If you're not, come and humor me anyway, okay? So that's okay. Psalms chapter 3, if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word. If you listen fast, I will preach fast and we'll go eat fast. That's how this will work. And uh, I know you're hungry already. But let me say, as we get ready to read the word of the Lord, I am just so glad when God shows up to church. Now, I know we always say, Lord, you're welcome here. And, and I believe that. We always give him, you know, hey, Lord, you're welcome here. And I believe he honors that. But the Bible says he honors the praises of his people. And I just felt, even from the first song this morning, when we sang by and by, when the morning comes, all the way through the whole, excuse me, the whole service, uh, I just believe that, that overall God has just been with us this morning. He's just been here. And I just am so thankful that God's here today and I never want to leave a service without ultimately saying to him thank him for being here because he doesn't have to but he did and so I thank God for that today Psalms chapter 3 verse 1 Lord how are they increased 
that troubled me. And many are they that rise up against me, and many there be which that say of my soul, there is no help for him and God. Look at what this verse says. The psalmist David, from the very first of this message, he's already saying, God, I got a lot of stuff stacked up against me already. We are living in a day and an hour right now where we got a lot of stuff stacked up against us as the church. We're not the, ma the majority anymore driving the shaping culture of our society. In fact, we're trying to become the, they're, they're trying to make us the minority that our voices aren't heard in society anymore. They don't want the church to be the voice. Because I've learned a long time ago, people don't like truth because once they've been exposed to the truth, they have to be accountable for the truth they've been exposed to. So they can claim ignorance if they don't know the truth. But if you, the Bible says if you know the truth, the truth will make you, or Trump, Trump translation will say, set you free. Meaning you have to know the truth to know how to get out of bondage. But then he goes on to say, this is what they're saying to me, God. All these that are my adversaries, they're saying there's no help for them. Boy, don't we hear that in our society right now? Whether it's this COVID pandemic, whether it is governmental issues, whether it is different party affiliations, everybody right now pretty much is trying to say in a nice way, if you don't do certain things, you don't comply to certain things, you don't behave in certain mannerisms, you're going to be all on the outside looking in and there's no help for you. I hear, I'm here to tell somebody today they didn't read the Bible. <laughs> I, I'm not here, you've heard me preach on the vaccine, not the vaccine, the mask, not the mask. That's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. But I am here to tell you, no matter what side of the camp you're on, I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in Columbia, South Carolina, at the governor's mansion. But I will say that just like the Bible says, judgment begins at the house of the Lord, I will say that I have never seen one time God's failed. You say, well, Pastor, there's been many people that died over this past week. God didn't fail them. He ultimately healed them where they never faced this mess again. God didn't fail. He actually delivered. And all the ones that are still here, like Sister Beulah and Brother Andrew and Pastor Ard's brother that may be coming home today, uh, God still delivered. He delivered on this side, but God still was faithful. So there, there still is help. So today I want to preach to you, hold on. Help is on the way. I don't know when it's coming. I can't even tell you when this world's going to get better. In fact, I would be stupid not to tell you, it may get worse before it gets better. But I can tell you that if you hold on long enough, even if it's to the very end when Gabriel blows the trumpet, if you're just a part of the last day remnant, I promise you, if you just hold on long enough, even if it's just by a thread of hope, barely hanging on, if you don't let go of that cliff, if you just hold on a little bit longer, I don't know how long, but I promise you, if you hold on, you can bet your bottom dollar help is on the way. I don't know when it's coming. I don't always know how it's coming. But God will reach His hand down from the portals of heaven. He'll grab you from that cliff you're about to sink on, and He'll pull you back up to higher ground. Oh, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. Oh, a higher ground is where I stand. Help is on on the way. Help is on the way. Father, I pray to you today in my love for you and love for your word. Help me to convey your message to your people today. Take a call from the altar of heaven. Anoint these lips of clay. Hide me behind the cross. Don't let me be seen, but Lord, let your word go forth today and let it accomplish the task that it was sent to do. 
Father, I will forever love you and praise you, give you the glory and honor, open eyes, hearts, and ears, so that the word can be accomplished to the task it's sent to do. And let us not just be hearers, but doers thereof of this word today. And I will forever praise you and glorify your name. And all God's people together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you can in the presence of the Lord. Now you listen to me very carefully this morning. Just because you're seated doesn't mean you have to get quiet. Worship doesn't stop just because the preacher gets up. In fact, I'll tell you very candidly, some of the best services I've ever been in in my life is when people started shouting in the middle of the preacher's message and then all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord broke forth and the pastor would just shut his Bible and say, well, I guess that's all I need to say today. God started talking for himself. Listen, you don't have to worry it's going to throw me off. God wants to talk right now, let him talk right now, and I'll sit right here and let him do his business. But I'm here to tell you today that there's nothing more important than for us to know that it's not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Holy Ghost and the word of the Lord. I'm here to tell you this morning before I even start this message, I can't tell you all about what to life's going to bring, but I can tell you, as the old song says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. Stand, but I know who holds my future and I know who holds my ever loving hand I'm here to tell you this morning that I don't know when it's coming I don't know how it's coming I'm not even sure if we'll see it on this side of heaven but I'm telling you that even if it means we have to be teleported in a blink of an eye and a flash of an eye to glory then so be it even so come quickly Lord Jesus but I promise you you hold on help is on the way and even if it doesn't happen here Bless God, I'm going over there. I'm ready for God to bring help on the way. Help is on the way. This story is a little unique. David is writing this psalm in a very difficult season of his life. He is running from a rebellious son who is after his throne. He is fleeing from his very life. David is an innocent man, not deserving of this fate that is being basically given to him. Remember, David's the man after God's own heart. Yes, David has made mistakes. He's had infidelity. He's had adultery. He's done many things. Yes, David cannot build the house of the Lord like he wanted to build because the Bible said God said he had shed too much blood. And at the end of that point, he didn't want blood to be the central focus in terms of the shedding of blood in his house. He wanted to be a place of worship. And so God granted his son Solomon the ability to build it and David to collect items. But he wouldn't let David finish the job. David was a warrior. He was a conqueror. He was a great military general. He had defeated the greatest, the greatest giant that had been ever known to man as a young boy or a young man. He had defeated the giant of Goliath of Gath. It was a massive man, over nine plus feet tall, just a massive structure of humanity. He had been on military conquest. He had defeated the other four giants of the land that were considered the brothers of the giant of Gath. He had been on all these journeys and had major conquests. But this major military general has now fled from the capital city of Jerusalem. He has ran in fear for his life because his own son, his own flesh and blood, has rose up underneath him and started a revolution and a revolt and, and has got people on his side and is trying to overthrow daddy's kingdom, if you will, and trying to overtake it. And this man who, was, who could stand before all by himself, before the biggest giant of the day, and nobody came to David's aid. You go back and read that. All the camps of Evans aren't, all the camps of Israelite was all over scared to death. Nobody went out there with David and said, well, if David goes, I'll go with him. No, David went on that battlefield alone 
on. We sing it around here sometimes. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I'm telling you, sometimes there's going to be times in your life you're the only one on the battlefield. Nobody else is going to always sign up to go fight giants with you. Not every time you're facing a struggle, somebody's going to come. Now, I know what the Bible says. If you see your brother's ox in the ditch, help him and, and bear one another's burdens. And I, I believe we should. But I also don't want you to think that I'm naive either. There's going to be times in your life nobody's going to go out in the field with you and fight with you. Some people are going to let you die out there by yourself. I'm sorry, but that's just what they do. Even good church people will let you die on your hill by yourself. Come on. Listen, I, I know what church hurts are. I've been around them. I've been a part of them. I've been on staff when they've happened. Not everybody that goes to church is always on your side. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Sometimes the people that tell you the most how much they love and appreciate you, you better watch out because they got a knife as hard as they are loving on your back. They also got a knife trying to put it in your back at the same time. You better know. I've always said keep your friends close but your enemies closer. You better know where they are. You better always know. David is now running from his own son. David's son does grotesque acts before the people of God with David's wives and concubines to prove that he is basically defaming and literally desecrating the man of God's house. Sin is ramp, running rampant throughout the kingdom. You see, David was chosen to succeed a ruthless and sinister leader known as Saul. The Bible instructs us that the Lord would not even allow David to build that house of God because of his warrior mentality. David had killed an innocent man to protect his own integrity for a sin he committed himself. That's why I tell you all the time, sin will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and leave you in places longer than you intended to stay. David made a mistake, but instead of owning up to it, he killed a man to try to own up to the mistake. He first tried to get the man to cover up the sin. But when man wouldn't do it, David took matters in his own hands and had him killed. Then when that didn't work, well, it worked, he got him killed. Then the man of God comes and says, David, there was a guy that had a little sheep, and he only had one, and he had some friends coming into town, and he stole that man's sheep, and he killed it. And David said, tell me who that man is. I'll kill him right now. And Nathan said, you the man. All of a sudden, then David didn't want to die. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I guess David didn't want the same judgment he was giving out. You better be careful how you start passing out judgment because it might be you the one they're judging. Hello? Be careful to judge the speck in your brother's eye when you got a two-by-four in your own eye. David didn't like the same judgment when it came back to his house. But David is running. His friends have turned on him, some of his friends. He's got all this experience. However, in the midst of this crisis and storm of life that he did not deserve, David tried to muster all the faith he had left. And it wasn't much. He's heard that Absalom has desecrated his house. He's heard that his wives and concubines have been put on public display and lewd acts. He knows that the kingdom is falling apart around him. But he's trying to muster what little bit of faith he has. Sometimes you're not going to have a lot of faith because everything's craving in around you. But if you can have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are so small, if you drop them on a floor, it takes you like the devil of the time to find one. They're tiny. The Bible said, I didn't have to have the faith the size of a cantaloupe or grapefruit or a watermelon. It said, if I have the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can speak to the mountains of my life and say, be removed from here to over yonder, and they will be moved. David don't have much faith, but he's got at least a little bit of faith left. He musters all that he has left in his spiritual tank. And he pins the words of Psalm 3. 
He also is the writer of Psalms 34 I read to you last week. Here's what he says in Psalms 34. David had been, at that time in Psalms 34, he had been ran off to the Philistine camp. And he had been hiding amongst the enemy. But his behavior changed. And this is what he said in Psalms 34. Same guy. But in Psalms 34 he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will boast in the Lord, and hum the humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord. I mean, we just sang it. Y'all act like y'all didn't even hear it today. Y'all forget that quickly what we sang? And y'all have short-term memory loss. Y'all got spiritual amnesia. What's wrong with you guys? Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. He looked upon him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him from his troubles. The angel of the Lord kept all around about him that feared him. And God delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Blessed be the man that trusteth in the Lord. I can tell you today that if we magnify the Lord, we glorify the Lord, if we say to the God today, this poor man or this poor woman cried unto the hills from which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I don't care if Psalms 3 says there's no help for him in God. The word of the Lord says my help. Look to your eyes unto the hills which forth cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. My help didn't come from the president. It didn't come from the governor. It didn't even come from the pastor. It didn't come from church. But my help comes from the Lord. From the Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father, thank you. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we worship you today. Hallelujah. Ooh, all church, just worship him for a moment. God is in this house. Hallelujah. I told you if he wants to speak, I'll let him speak. Hallelujah. We won't, we won't let the Holy Spirit not move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you for confirming this word today. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> Plead my case, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Oh, Father, I pray that be our prayer today. God, I can't help what's going on this, in this world, but God, I can say one thing's for certain. You, you are the defender of the righteous. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. And God, today we are asking you to be the shield and the buckler, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. 
God, while sometimes we want you to be the sweet rose of Sharon, sometimes, Lord, we want you to be the judge. And sometimes, Lord, we need you to be the fighting angels that have camped all around us to rage war. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and powers in heavenly places. God, this is not a battle we can handle, but the battle belongs unto you. We submit it. We give it over to you. Let it be all for the glory and honor of your kingdom today. Lord, we worship you. We worship you today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we pray today. David is wrote Psalms 34 and said those things. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and exalt, magnify the Lord. But in a short time period, in a short period of time, all of those words that he had so eloquently wrote, all of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures when he's out there as a shepherd boy. All those words kind of for a moment seem to be fleeting in his mind because right now all he can see is the adversaries that are against him. I'm sure it has to be hard. Your own son is who's trying to overthrow your government, your rule. You know, I, I am cautious. I don't like to preach and politics in terms of political candidates and things like that. I always try my best, especially in election years, to preach to you on the political agenda so you can make an informed decision on what the word of the Lord says with the prevailing issues of the day. But it's still your right to choose who you choose. But I'm here to tell you, in the 2023 midterm, or in the 2024, or 2022 midterms, in the 2024 presidential election, I, I'm just going to tell you. No matter which candidate's party or party lines wins, if we as the church don't get it right, it won't matter. It won't matter. I don't care who it is. Until the church gets it right, the world's not going to have it right. Because the world has nobody to look to, if you will, to show them a different and better way. And if we're not showing them a better way, then they're going to keep doing what they've always done. See, the problem is, the church is in a mess. We can't worry about what's happening at Pennsylvania Avenue because there's churches on every avenue in the United States of America that's got a mess long before we get to Washington. Church splitting. People getting mad at one another. Fussing and fighting over trivial things. There's a spirit of division that is running rampant in our land right now. And I used to, be able to, used to think that we would be able to say that, that the devil... It's really wreaking havoc in the world, but the church could stand up and we could be counted. But I'm seeing now that it's actually working better at the church than it is in the world in stealing fear and pandemonium. More church people are afraid than the world. 92,000 people went to Sanford Stadium last night in Georgia, South uh, Georgia, and, and the southeast part of Georgia and watched a football game. 92,000. Not 92 people, 92,000. Some had mass, but majority did not. 92,000 crammed in like sardines. Watching a game. But people can't come to church because of COVID. Some ain't right. Now, I understand if you got to be cautious, and I get that. But something ain't right when you can be crammed in there with the world. Hello. 
And you're not afraid of what the world can give you, but you're afraid to come to God's house because of what God can do for you? Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong. I'm not saying people that go to races or go to football games are wrong. But if they can't come to church but they can do that, they're wrong. If you want to go to watch your little son or little grandson or granddaughter play t-ball, softball, whatever, and sit on the stands with everybody, fine. I won't, that's great. That's what you want to do. But then don't say, I can't come to church because I, I just don't know where those people have been. You don't know where Joe Blow's been sitting beside you at the baseball game. You don't know in 92,000 people, my Lord, every one of them could have been exposed to COVID and came to that game. We don't know. You don't know anything about the person sitting beside you, but you're afraid about being in God's house? Hello? Something's wrong with that. David begins to complain. To God. Lord, many are they that have increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many are saying so there's no help for him in God. Sounds like complaining to me. Woe is me. Now, before I really preach on complaining for a second, every one of us have been here before, so don't judge David too harshly because we've all done it. In fact, the nation of Israel was called grumblers and complainers for a reason and they were God's people let that sink in for a minute God's people from the foundation of time were grumblers and complainers some things never change hello preacher some people who don't learn from history are destined to repeat history there have been many people in my ministerial endeavors from other states and other churches service that I've served in that many a days I have met lots of Israelites but they were not national born Jews they just had the spirit of Israelites. They knew how to grumble, and they knew how to complain. They were God's chosen people right there for our church. Such a blessing to us all. Here's the problem. David's complaining, God, I have no help. They're telling me there's no help for me. There's, my adversaries are surrounding me. There's no help for me. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do. The storms of life are insurmountable. I am drowning. God, where are you at? When are you coming? How long are we going to wait? How long before you're going to deliver us? I read to you the other week. I believe it was on a Sunday night there in prayer meeting. I read the scripture where it says, Lord, how long will my heart be sorrowful? Will it last daily? How long do I have to live like this? Now, before we judge David, I bet you some of y'all has asked that question at some point in your life. Well, Lord, how long do I have to walk this valley? How long do we have to live like this? How long is it going to be like this? David feels hopeless and abandoned. He has fled numerous times from Saul, but that was just a leader. Now he's fleeing from his own family. He's learned how to be a nomad, traveling and being a cave dweller. Place to place with no place to call home. David feels like he has earned the right to pour out his heart before God who has anointed him king. No doubt, David probably in this moment is beginning to question the situation and wants an answer from God. God, you anointed me king and then you let this happen? Where are you? You called me to be the king. You sent Samuel to my house. I didn't go ask Samuel to anoint me as king. He came to my house. I was minding my own business in the sheep pen. They summoned me. To be anointed. And then you let this happen, God. Boy, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've had that conversation with a child of God. I've been serving God all these years, and this is what God gives me in return. This is what God allows to happen to my family. This is how God repays me. What good, Pastor, did it do me to serve God when He's doing this? 
Well, first of all, you don't serve God for what he's done. You serve God for who he is. Now, what he's done is a byproduct, and we thank God for that. But if God did nothing, he still should be served because of who he is, not always what he's done. Now, I am thankful for what he's done. Don't misunderstand me. But we should serve God for who he is, not for what he's doing or, or done. It's for who he is. The end of the day, I also know this. The Bible said God is not the author of confusion. So regardless of what political agenda side of the fence you stand on on any political issue, not just what we're currently facing today, whether it's the mass and vaccines or whether it's the LGBTQ and they got more letters they've added to it since then, that now it looks like we're just trying to get every letter in the alphabet in it to see which letter you apply to this day. All of these different letters. I don't care, in essence, you're, you have to work your own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. I know what the word of the Lord says. I know that you have to match this. But, but you know, there's some elements in life, you know, whether shots, not shots, that's between you and God. But I will tell you this, that I'm not saying the mass, the shots, or anything else going on right now is the Antichrist or is the mark of the beast. But I will tell you this, there is a spirit behind the agenda. There's a spirit of division behind the agenda. Because it is literally driving wedges between husbands and wives, families within their own family. Churches are being divided about it on issues. Instead of respecting everyone's decision to make it for themselves, it's causing division in the body of Christ. That is the devil. God is not the author of confusion, period. That's what the Bible says. Remember a story. <laughs> Three guys, they were sitting at a restaurant. And uh, they were having a conversation. Two of them started talking about the amount of control that they had over their wives. And how they did not allow for any complaining in their house. The third guy remained really quiet. After a while, the first one, the first two, turns to the third guy and says, Well, what about you? What sort of control do you have over your wife to keep her from complaining? third fellow said, well, I'll tell you this. Just the other night, my wife came to me on her hands and knees. The first two guys said, how in the world did you pull that off? Please tell us your secret. He said, well, she bent down and looked and got her and said to me, get out from under that bed and come face me like a man. <laughs> See, sometimes that's the church. We're under the bed hiding. And the devil saying, come out. Remember what Goliath said? What did he say to David? What did he say to the armies of Israel? Choose you a man and let them come out and face me like a man. What did David say? You defy not the armies of Israel. You defy the name of the Lord. And today I will feed your flesh to the birds of the air. Not my flesh, but your flesh will be fed to the birds of the air. See, I believe we are in a day and hour right now that church is the one living under the bed. We're under the bed. We're hiding. We got our heads burrowed down. We're trying to stay calm, cool, collective, not make any unnecessary waves. We don't want nobody to know out of there. And the devil is taunting us. Come out and face me like a man. Because his agenda is being perpetrated and being polluted and being sent out across the world. And the church is just, well, I don't want to start anything. Well, if we don't want to start anything, just be mindful of what I'm about to say. You give him an inch. So you keep giving him rope. You keep feeding him along. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the devil don't play for fun. He plays for keeps. 
And the longer we aid and abet and allow him to do that, the more he's going to take sons and daughters and grandchildren and destroy the world that we live in because he's not afraid. I really believe this, and you're going to think I've lost my marbles, and, and I, I, I wish I could say I was wrong. But I'm not so sure the devil is even afraid of most churches anymore. Now, you can ask for my resignation tomorrow and say, I can't believe you'd preach such heresy from the pulpit. I don't see enough churches right now that, make me, that would make me, if I were the devil, afraid. They're not praying, so he's not afraid. They're not reading the word of the Lord. You know, you know why? You know why I have this read? Miss Carol, make your way. We'll have to pick up the rest of this next week. You know why I read this? I say me. I have people read these scriptures and pray every service before service on Sunday morning. Not because I'm an idiot and I can't read for myself. Uh, I've studied all week and I bring the word of the Lord to you. I'm not an idiot. I know how to read. It's not like I've failed hooked on phonics class. But I think there's something to be said about hearing the word of the Lord read audibly amongst the people of God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible said that God gave this instructions to the people of God. You put the word on the Lord in a thing called phylacteries. They were little armbands that you basically put the little scrolls of the word of the Lord in your pocket. So the word of the Lord went with you wherever the priests were at. The word of the Lord was with them. That's why the psalmist David said, Your word I will hide in my heart so that it was like my own little phylactery. Wherever I go, he's with me. Here's the problem. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, Moses gave this instruction right before he was getting ready to die. You see this word? You teach it to your children when they rise up in the morning. When they lay down at night, you read them this word. When they're walking on their way, whenever you're walking on your journey, you read them this word. From the rising of the sun to go out, you, you, read, you speak the word of the Lord over their life. And I began to think about that this week and refreshing this sermon in my head. I do think the devil is not afraid of many churches. Because some churches don't do corporate prayer anymore. And I can promise you if the church is not leading them in corporate prayer, most of them probably don't have private prayer either. Don't assume just because we didn't pray that everybody at church came and already have prayed when they got here. That's not always a safe assumption. Some churches don't read the word of the Lord other than the pastor's motivational speech that he gives you that he calls a sermon the word of the Lord's never heard in church. I've been to churches that I've actually sat through an entire worship set and heard them sing songs and Jesus' name was not even in one of them. Oh, they had a good message he loves us or you know you know he's great that's great the only problem is they never said who it was it was he <laughs> so was that jeff john or god i don't know who he is sometimes i think it's good to know that yes he is so good he is so good but sometimes i think it's good for us to say god is so good so we know exactly who he is we're talking about i've had sat in worship services god wasn't mentioned Whoa, didn't they have a worship time of the Lord? No, I don't even know what we had today other than a concert. I don't know what that was. See, I believe that there's a lot of prayerless churches which have now made them powerless churches to fight the devil. The reason I have these gentlemen stand up here and read the scripture is one, because the Bible said that even Jesus went one day to the temple. He walked up and he pulled out a scroll in front of everybody and he started reading out Isaiah the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to bind the broken heart and proclaim liberty to those that are in held captive he started reading the word among the people 
Even Jesus said out of his own mouth, I am the Word made flesh. I'm the walking, living Word of God. So every time Jesus spoke, the Word was going forth. So that's why we read it. You know why we pray too? Not because I need a laundry list of people to be prayed for every Sunday. It's true. I can pray. But somebody else sometimes needs to pray behind this pulpit beside me because I do believe that there are a lot of churches that they are spiritually complacent and they have been bottle-fed and spoon-fed so long that the church would not know how to sustain if the pastor wasn't there that Sunday. They would crumble. I'm going to tell you right now, if I walked out of here today and drove on my way to lunch and got killed in a car accident, I fully expect that y'all survive. I don't know who the next guy is, but I fully expect that the next Sunday, Brother Randy or whoever, or actually next Sunday be Brother Marion, Brother Marion will come up here like he always does, and he reads the word. Whether I'm here or not, he reads the word of God, and he prays for the people of God. I fully expect this praise team. There's enough of them. Sister Carol can slide over to my piano, or to the piano that, that I normally sit at. Sister Tracy, if she's here that Sunday, can help play the organ. We still can have a full band, and all the rest of these guys should be here, and they should sing the songs of Zion and say, you know what? We, we hate it. The pastor died. We certainly hate it, but we know he's in a better place, and you worship God like I was here, and even if I wasn't here. I fully expect you survive because it's not about who stands here it's about who went there there's a reason this hangs up here I told you all that the other Wednesday night I love this that every time I walk in here to do something in the church the first thing my eyes always see is that just naturally I look up because there's something on the wall I'm looking to see what it is and it's always that it always reminds me it doesn't matter who stands here you can look at me all day long but I'm telling you right now even if I'm not here Sunday when you look you should still see that hanging up there that's what you should see I don't care if it's me I don't care if it's Pastor Ard I don't care if it's Joe Blow from across the street I'm telling you if nobody stands behind this lectern somebody already went there and there's one living up there that's still alive and well that's who we should be looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith the devil's got a perfect plan to isolate us to discourage us put us in places of solace and solitude penetrate our minds discourage us make us feel helpless feel like we're all alone but I'm here to tell you today that while all that is true I can't help what tomorrow will bring I I may not be here next Sunday I don't know I, I plan to be but the plans of man are not always the plans of God Now, I'm not asking God to take me out and let me check out. But should God call me home, so be it. That's just the way it is. But I will say this. I've been in enough churches that if the star of the show isn't right here, they crumble. The first problem is the star of the show should not be right here. The star of the show should have been up there. That's where the star should have been. In fact, when Jesus was born, the Bible said that the star rested over his place. He is the star of David. We sing it a lot of times during the Christmas season. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem. We, we talk about the, him being the star. The star never was me. I can tell you in the you know, 20 plus, however long, 94 to 17, I guess, that Pastor Ard, Pastor 93 to seven, uh, 2017, that he pastored this church, I can bet you your bottom dollar, whether it was in the highs 80, 90 people are in the lows when it was on the downward slope at times with different things that happened. I can guarantee you, and I feel like that, that I have enough confidence and liberty, even though I wasn't here to say, I guarantee you never one time was he the star. 
He always wanted everybody else to know he was the star, not him. God was the star. God was the most important thing. And I'm here to say today, I still believe it's the same way. I don't care how good we sing. I don't like us to be flat because that's not really pleasing to the ears. The Bible doesn't make a joyful noise, not an excruciating noise. I do like us to be on tune and pitch. But even if somebody got off today, if they really meant with all their heart to give a praise to God, that's good enough for me because it wasn't about me. It was about Him anyway. I'm not here to impress how many people are watching me online. Those of you who watch online, God bless you. I don't do this because I need your, your likes and comments and I need to get 6 million hits and I need on YouTube to become a mega pastor social sensation. I could give you know what if I ever become that. Facebook could crash tomorrow and if that happens and YouTube happens and we can't promote it, I'm sorry, you'll have to come to church live. I can't help it. It's just the way it is. I could care less. I'm not here to be Instagram pastor 2021. I'm not here to make some TikTok video to be the coolest TikTok pastor. The only TikTok I'm worried about is God's clock going off and taking me home. That's the only TikTok I'm listening for. I don't care what Snapchat filter you put on me or what kind of thing you All the thing I want to know is I want to know when God's ready to snap me out of here and let me go on up and just let me go on right up to heaven. None of that matters to me. See, we live in a day and an hour. The world's got us stacked up, if you will, against the wall. I'm here to tell somebody today, we'll talk about it next week, no matter how many days you've laid on your bed, you've cried, you've been upset, you've been frustrated, maybe you've even complained to God. I don't care how bad it's been, I promise you, if you hold on, say, Pastor, I don't know if I can do it. Well, you came to the right place because we'll pray for you today to hold on at least one more week till you get back next Wednesday or next Sunday or tonight. If you have to, come back tonight and I'll hold on with you a little bit longer tonight and try to get you to Wednesday. And then from Wednesday, I don't care how it has to happen, but if you hold on, I promise you, not because I'm anybody, but the Word of God, the Bible says He's never lost a battle. The Word of God says He's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. And I've never found, if you found it in Scripture, you come and show it to me. But I've never found where God got defeated, ever, by anything. So if that's never happened, history tells me it's probably likely never to happen. So I'm going to trust the man who's never lost. So here's my call to you today. Hold on. However long you have to, hold on. Help is on the way. Not a pastor's on the way. We'll pray for you. But you better know how to pray for yourself. Don't just wait for us to pray corporately on Sunday morning. You better know how to pray Monday to Saturday. You better know how to read Monday to Saturday too. Help is on the way. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to offer this one call to the body of Christ. Because as so often I do, I like the people of God to be able to have the ability to make a call for God themselves. You say today, Pastor, this message was for me today. It spoke to my heart. I'm in a situation that I truly, bona fide, need a touch from God. I don't know if it you can say it's a miracle. You can. I don't know what it is the need is. But you just say, I, I have a need. And I'm struggling. Things are stacked up against me. I just need a little encouragement to know that I can make it just a few more steps, a few more days. If you say, that's you today, I just want you to know. No one looking around, but God and me, just so that I can acknowledge you, I want you to slip your hand up wherever you are. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, thank you, yes, yes. 
one looking around except the folks that raised your hand. The ones that raised your hand, nobody else looking but those that raised your hand. Those that raised your hand while everybody's eyes are closed, their heads are bowed. If you feel comfortable, I want you to come up here and hold my hand. Make a chain with me. Nobody, nobody, everybody else's eyes is closed, so nobody knows who raised what to what question or how they, how they, they nobody will know. Only people that know is me and Jesus. They got no idea to know. Just make a link with me. Wait for a minute because a couple more are making their way. Well, heads are still about. If you remember a couple weeks ago when we gave the clarion call for people to get saved, I told you that Sunday I said I was going to link with those folks because I wasn't going to let them fall through the cracks during that particular service. I said I'm not going to let the devil get them back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stand with them. I say to these precious men and women that are standing up here with me this morning, before God and you as the rest of this congregation as my witnesses, there's a reason I asked them to come hold my hand. Because I'm not going to let them not have a hand to hold on to when they're hanging off that cliff. If you look at that picture a couple minutes ago when we had it on the screen about the title slide, Help Us on the Way. If you look at it, and notice there was a guy hanging off a cliff, but there was also a guy at the top of the cliff that had his hand stretched out trying to pull the guy up from the cliff so that he didn't fall. Today, I feel like God's called me to be the guy that bridges the gap. I've always felt like in my ministry, God wanted me to bridge the gap from the oldest generation not forget them, but also bring the next generation along and let them know what the power of Pentecost and the moving of the Holy Spirit was all about. Now, I know the children are not in here with us this morning, but I will say it like this. I want God to see me standing with these men and women this morning as a link that they might be holding the edge of their rope at the end of the cliff, but this pastor with all of his might and whatever little bit of strength he has, spiritually speaking, has got his hand at the top of the cliff grabbing them and he's not going to let them fall without giving a fighting chance to keep them from sinking. But here's my challenge to this body. As you look, as you can bring your heads up and your eyes open, and you see where I'm at today. Here's my challenge to you. Are you going to let us sink together? Are you going to let? Are you going to help us? Are you going to let us all sink, me included? Are you going to help us? You say, well, Pastor, I, what are you trying to say? I'm not asking you to come here and hold their hand, but I'm here to tell you that you can undergird them in prayer. You can help them not fall too. So here's what I want you to do. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. Because I don't want you to hinder it. But wherever you are, if you believe that you're not going to let these men and women sing, I want you to stand wherever you are. It's a sign of testament. Just stand right where you are. You ain't got to come. Just stand up and say, I, I commit. I commit, Pastor. I commit. Don't, don't stand if you don't mean it. I commit. I commit. Now, all you that are standing up here, I want you to look. These are the people going to be praying for you so you don't fall. You know, they're not praying for you. Look who's holding your hand. They're going to be praying for me too because I ain't going to let you fall. So if you, I'm telling you right now, as big as this man is right here, if he's on the edge of the cliff and he pulls me down, if he's going down, I'm going down with him. He ain't going down by himself. I'll go down to the bottom with him. But one way or the other, we're going down together or we're getting pulled up together. But he ain't going by himself. I can promise you. None of these people I'm going to let go down by themselves. Come hell or high water, we all sink or swim together, but we're going to make it together one way or the other. So here's what I need from you. Wherever you are, to stretch your hand this way. I don't care which person it is. You can call them by name or you can just do a generic prayer. But I need you to metaphorically, symbolically lay your hand on these people as I begin to pray. And I need you to let heaven's prayer bells be rung so hard that God has to tell heaven to be quiet because he can't stop hearing the noise of the prayers. Father, in the name that is above every name, the 
name of Jesus, when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, I pray for every man and woman standing here interlocking their hand with me today that the Spirit of God would give us the supernatural strength to hold on just a little bit longer. Hold on to that thread of hope, that ray of hope. Don't let us go. God, don't let us get discouraged or tired, but let us hold on. Hold on. Let us hold on to the end. Father, I don't know what their need is, but I know a God that's able to do anything. (laughs) To do anything. God, you're able. Father, I pray when they leave this place, I know the devil's going to launch an all-out assault and tactic to destroy them. But I promise you with all my might and power, God, I decree and declare and proclaim in the body of this people today, I refuse to let one of these sink and fall and not have a hand outstretched and try to pull them back up from that cliff. God, to a place of safety to be settled on Christ Jesus, the rock to which we stand today. Father, I love you. And I praise you today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. this every Sunday this is my prayer to you because I believe with all my heart that while all these people sing and read scripture and things like that the greatest thing I can do is not preach to you while that's great I love doing that and I'm excited about that every Sunday most Sundays that I'm here I'm excited can't wait the best thing I can do for you is as the chief under shepherd to the chief shepherd Jesus Christ is to pray for you that God himself surrounds you and keeps you because I can't carry everybody's burdens I can't fix everybody's problems in fact there are times I can't do it but I do know one thing God can when I can't God can that's the one you need to have you don't need me on your side you need God on your side this is the greatest thing I can ever do is pray the Aaronic prayer over each one of you today so this is my prayer for you today as, as this worship team will help me the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, Lord turn his face towards you, and give you peace. Let's say so be it, amen. of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Brother Randy, will you close us this morning? Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the word you've given us, Lord. We thank you for your presence being with us today. Lord, help us to help the others, Lord, that they need help. Gird them up with strength, Lord, that we can do as you would have us to do for them. And help us, Lord, that we will be able to faithfully serve that, Lord. 
tonight. We ask in Jesus' holy, precious name.